0: Today's scripture comes from Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose." This is a word of God for the people of God. I want to say thanks to Melanie for your beautiful song, for your vulnerability, for your testimony I just had a little pastor moment of being overwhelmed, you guys. I hope you're there with me, strengthening and encouraging our students, celebrating the realness of God's grace with uh, Wyatt and hearing the testimony of Melanie's experience and her strong faith. Look what God is doing. Look what God is doing here at St. Paul's. I'm so grateful. One of the accounts that I follow on social media is called Humans of New York. And if you've never encountered these stories, let me suggest that you go and Google Humans of New York. It is an account run by a photographer. He goes and takes people's picture, and then he tells a snippet of their story, and they're just incredible. They're incredible. Here was one from earlier this week. It was a photo of a woman who was maybe in her 30s, and she said this. I heard the rumor from a random girl in school. She told me that my boyfriend had gotten another girl pregnant. He'd cheated on me before, so I assumed it was true, but for a while he denied everything. Then he shifted to blaming the girl. Her name was Stacy. And as the story often goes, I turned all my hatred and hurt toward her. We literally never spoke. And my boyfriend would talk her down every chance he got. She said, I'd occasionally see her when she dropped the baby off at the house, and I'd feel such hatred every time the doorbell rang. She was always so well put together, there was this unapproachable air about her, like she was better than everyone else. Worst of all, she had this connection with my boyfriend that I didn't have the connection of a child, and it was thrown in my face every time she came to the door. She said, my jealousy created a a monster inside of me. I withdrew from everyone. Then one year later, I got pregnant myself. I didn't feel any excitement. Instead, there was a moment of clarity. I couldn't raise a child with this man. He was a pathological liar. For weeks, I went back and forth. Do I get an abortion? Do I give the child up for adoption? Then one day, I made the decision to become a single mother. And I remember being so scared. And the first person I thought of was Stacy. It was like, my God, I've vilified this woman for so long and now I'm her and she is me. I picked up my phone and sent her a text. I apologized for everything and asked for her support. That was 11 years ago. But we still love to joke about how our terrible taste in men when we were younger brought us together. She said, Stacy is my best friend in the whole world. She's my person. Our daughters know each other as sisters. At times, she's been my roommate, my biggest confidant, my maid of honor. Sometimes I think back to those early days, watching her walk up the driveway. I think about the hatred I would feel, and now it's her hugs that I need when I'm feeling upset. There have been some bad episodes in my life, but every time I'm down, she shows up. The doorbell will ring on a random Tuesday at 4 p.m., and when I open up the door, there she is, and she gives me the biggest hug. Isn't that remarkable? A A relationship the woman was forced into by someone else's bad choice, a connection she hated, turned out to be one of the best relationships in her whole life. Who could have predicted that? Who could have seen that coming? We hear a story like that when something really good, unexpectedly, comes from something bad, and we might find ourselves wanting to say, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. We're in week three here of our sermon series, Almost True, when we're taking a closer look at how some Christian-ish sayings um maybe miss the mark how they don't quite line up with our biblical faith we've already talked about how God won't give you more than you can handle and as Melanie reminded us uh the phrase God needed another angel in heaven if you haven't yet heard those sermons I want to encourage you to check out the sermon podcast that's on the website under the watch live tab so you can catch up uh, and be a part of this whole series The phrase we have this week actually goes far beyond the bounds of Christianity. It's something that has become popular, say, in all kinds of contexts, religious and non-religious. If you have never said it yourself, I am going to bet that you have heard someone else say it. A friend of yours, maybe a child of yours, a grandchild. Everything happens for a reason. We want to make sense of the world. I get that. When we forget something at home and we have to turn around and go get it, and then we drive back toward work and we see a horrible accident that happened just moments earlier that could have been us, if we hadn't had that slight delay returning home, it shakes us up. We're, We're grateful, maybe, but also in awe of the way things came together to save us from that accident, and we want to make sense of it. Or... And this is the time that I hear people most likely to say this phrase. Something horrible happens, but then after the pain and trial and suffering, something completely wonderful happens, and we want to focus on the good over the hard thing. We want to focus on the gratitude for the good things, and we want to cancel out that horror. So we say, well, everything happens for a reason, as a way to focus ourselves on the good, on the positive, on the gratitude of now. We want the world to make sense. But guess what? Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the world doesn't make sense. Sometimes what happens to us in the world doesn't make any sense at all. Sometimes things happen for no good reason. Now, of course, sometimes things do happen for a reason. Cause and effect, that's a real thing. I think we can all agree on that. If we get into an accident while we're texting and driving, quite likely that accident happened for a reason. We couldn't resist picking up our phone. Or if we spend money that we don't have and we end up in debt so that our credit is ruined and we can't get a home loan, that happened for a reason. We spend money we didn't have. If we continually show up for work 20 minutes late, and our boss finally has enough and fires us, sure enough, that happened for a reason! Couldn't be bothered to arrive on time. Sometimes we can draw a very direct line between a cause and an effect. Sometimes things do happen for a reason. So, what's the problem with the phrase? If we're just trying to make sense out of our lives, if we're trying to draw lines between cause and effect, what's the problem with saying everything happens for a reason? Well, there's a lot of problems one problem is it's not really a religious statement it doesn't really say anything about god some people mean it that way perhaps a lot of people mean it that way they mean to imply by saying everything happens for a reason that god is in charge that god is almighty that god is sovereign so when bad stuff happens it's okay it's all a part of god's big plan which I am very much in favor of highlighting God's sovereignty over the world. God is ultimately in charge. God is finally in control. These are bedrock principles of our faith. But that does not mean that God is in charge of every last detail of our lives or that God is orchestrating what happens to us each and every minute. In fact, I would argue strongly that God doesn't orchestrate our lives minute by minute because to think so removes our ability to make choices, And to assert our own free will so yes God is in charge of the world but in an ultimate sense and that doesn't mean that God makes everything happen in our lives as it happens another problem is that if we say God is so in charge of the world that everything happens for a reason it takes us right back to that problem we've considered for the last two weeks which is that it makes God responsible for all our suffering It means that God sends us all the hard stuff and bad stuff and painful stuff just so God can make something good happen later and we'll be grateful for it. And I just don't think God's that mean or capricious or hurtful. So if we try and say God is in charge of so much of everything so that everything happens for a reason, we have to give God credit for every bad moment we've ever had. And I don't see how that brings comfort to people who are hurting or how it does honor to God's grace and mercy and love. Now I do think there's a way for us to affirm God's power and God's presence a way that's a lot closer to scripture without saying everything happens for a reason. We'll get to that way here in just a minute. Another problem that I see with saying everything happens for a reason is it's it's really fatalistic. I hear people say this phrase is a way to kind of summarize something bad that's happened in their life. They take a complicated story and they just want to kind of flatten it down and say with a shrug, well, what can you do? Everything happens for a reason. It can be a way to sort of throw up our hands and just walk away from a situation. Instead of taking time to unpack our feelings about it, to explore what happened and our part in it, it can be a way to just kind of shrug and move on. Instead of figuring out our faithful response in the moment or really grappling with the difficulty that we're in or asking God for help and for guidance. I mean, if everything happens for a reason, then it's just beyond our control or understanding. Why do we even need to try? Why should we try to grow spiritually? Why should we work on growing closer to God? And I don't think that kind of fatalism matches up with our journey of discipleship. Our faith asks us to be growing And learning and maturing and working to love God and neighbor more each day we're not captive to some destiny out there that's beyond our control we have a part to play in how our life story turns out if we just shrug and move on we kind of miss the point of growing in God's love all right final reason I think this phrase is problematic is because people say everything happens for a reason as a way um, because it's easier to endure the hard times if we know something good will come from it right it's easier to endure hard times if we know something good will come from it and we saw this actually right at the beginning of the pandemic if you remember clear back to march the end of march people were rushing at that point to say all the good things point out all the good things that were happening because of this pandemic like how good it was for families to be spending so much time together all of a sudden, how, or how good it was for us to stop and rest instead of always being on the go. People were searching out good things to hold on to so that it would be easier to get through the hard. I'm not sure that those things have lasted for five months, but they helped at the beginning. But the problem is, if we say that, everything happens for a reason, then we have to ask ourselves, did God send us the pandemic so that we would spend more time with our family at the dinner table? Everything happens for a reason. Well, we can see the logic of the statement falls apart so quickly. For us to suggest that there's some reason, some master plan behind why we're all suffering through COVID-19, that just doesn't add up. And even though it's really great to spend more time together as a family, I don't think that that balances out the 160,000 Americans who have died. So when we're suffering, we do want to know that good will come eventually from our suffering, that something will be redeemed as a part of this trial. Well, that's actually where the Bible steps in and offers us some hope. It's in his letter to the church at Rome that the Apostle Paul says the line, We know all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And when people are looking for biblical justification for everything happens for a reason, this is often where they turn. But that is not what Paul is saying. He's not saying everything happens for a reason. Uh, A different translation might help us hear it a little different. The common English Bible phrases it just a little differently. It says, we know that God works through all things for good for the ones who love God, who are called according to his purpose. God works through all things, works all things together for good. Paul believes in the power of God to bring out good in our lives, even in our hardest moments. But what God is doing when that happens is making good from the hard things that happen, not because God wanted the hard things to happen, Just because um, hard things happen. Hard things happen. Sometimes because of the choices we make, or sometimes they just happen. And there's no good, obvious reason why. But the good news is, the faith news is, God doesn't ever abandon us in the middle of those hard things. Instead, God keeps working. We might feel paralyzed by the hard thing, but God never feels paralyzed. God is still working, helping, guiding, leading, comforting, so that we can find good even in the middle of the hard. So, for instance, when we suffer illness and we find our character begins to change and our priorities refocus and our goals change, we don't have to say that illness happened so that those good things can come, but we can still thank God for the good things, even in the middle of the hard moments. Paul's trying to remind us that we have not been left on our own to navigate life's crises. God's working to bring good, even from our hardest moments. It's why Paul tells us the Spirit of God prays for us and helps us to pray when we don't even know how to pray. Paul gives us that beautiful phrase and says that the Spirit prays with sighs too deep for words. Even when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit is there helping us and interceding on our behalf. God simply does not abandon us in the middle of the hard. In fact, that is where God does some of God's best work. Sustaining, encouraging, strengthening, helping, inspiring, healing. God does all that and we can affirm it without saying that the bad thing had to happen in order for us to get the good thing. The truth is God can work good out of the most evil. Another name that we have for that is resurrection. Jesus' resurrection is a promise of our eventual resurrection and a sign and a hope that no matter what difficulty we're facing, God is interested in restoration and renewal and repair. God wants to bring good out of bad. That's who God is. God doesn't cause the bad, but God never stops. Trying to bring the good. So, does everything happen for a reason? No, it just doesn't. But we can say instead, God can make something good from the worst situation. And if you're looking for a word of hope when you or yourself or someone you love is in the midst of a hard time, that's what I suggest you say. God can make something good from the worst situation. Because of that, we stay open to God's leading and guiding, even in our hardest moments. We pray for help, and we look always for God's saving grace. This week, I want to invite you to reflect on what gifts God might be bringing out of your heart of this moment. You choose whatever hard you want, whether it's the pandemic, the need for more racial justice in our country, our mess of a political system or some more personal hard that you're dealing with right now, I want to invite you to take some intentional time to reflect on it and pray about it and ask God to show you what good is being born in you during this trial. And then thank God for being our God who always brings good in the world, who always brings resurrection. Thanks be to God. Amen.